attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. All right, Entree Architect community, welcome to the backstage area of Context and Clarity. Every Thursday afternoon on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I and our live audience talk with a special guest to search for clarity around the things that matter most to you, the architect, no matter what your context is. You may be the employee of a firm dreaming of doing your own thing, or maybe you've had a firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. Every week we cover topics that fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture, and they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host, Catherine McPhail, and I had with a special guest. Or will it be guests? from the Context and Clarity community. All of this to break down last week's Context and Clarity live conversation. So thanks for joining us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in the Context and Clarity live conversation to our own businesses. Let's get into it. For for those of you that are joining us, welcome. Thank you for uh, coming back to the Context and Clarity podcast. What we're going to do right now is break down. This is the backstage of Context and Clarity. We're going to break down the conversation that we just had on Context and Clarity Live with Julie Brown. I am joined, as usual, by Catherine McPhail, and we have a special guest with us, Mandy Freeland, who is an architect in California. She's joining us, and the three of us are just going to kind of kick around that conversation that we just had with Julie figure out what our biggest takeaways are, maybe find some ways that we're going to apply what we learned in that conversation with Julie Brown today about uh, relationships and networking and uh, business development. So first of all, Mandy, welcome. 
Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you could join us as a a, uh, Context and Clarity backstage guest. This is pretty cool. Yeah, Uh, our very first one. It is. It's backstage number one. So we're going to, this may be a little bit rough. We're going to do a little bit of experimenting here. But, you know, the important part is, what did you think about that conversation with Julie? Did you have any big takeaways? Huge. Okay, so my biggest takeaway was she reached out in a person-to-person way and taught us kind of how to interact in a human way, human to human. And that's not something maybe we're hearing enough of, or maybe we're hearing it, but we we didn't have a way to put it into context. And she really dug into context. Um, Her examples of sending and mailing, I know Catherine's maybe not the biggest fan of mailing, uh, a little Yeah, I just have a problem getting it out. You know, I'm the same. I wanted to, I wanted to, I mean, I can add on that too, but, um, I actually like getting little things in the mail and she did have a good point, but making the effort and mailing, just, just taking the time, three minutes, little thank you card, stick it in an envelope, you know, the old fashioned way, keep the post office staff busy and employed. Um, (laughs) that's always good. But, um, What were her other, she gave some really tangible, really real life situations of how we can connect to people um, in the real world and what our goals are and who we're looking to connect to and why. Um, So my biggest takeaways were she made it human for us. She made it like really personable um, and not just um, tidbits of advice. It was just more like dig in this is the real world we live in this is and i think her experience working in the architecture industry really could make it real for us yeah i i think i think you're exactly right and so one of the things that we didn't bring up in the conversation and frankly i was i wasn't sure how or if we should bring this up but but this morning in clubhouse she talked about the fact that when her husband went out on his own you know, she basically became part of that. So I basically didn't want to say, Hey, how, what was it like working with your husband? I didn't want to go there, but she really does have the small architecture firm experience. And, and I think you're right. I mean, the, you know, bringing those tangible takeaways, uh, was big as you were talking, you said human to human. And it reminded me, and I think you're exactly right. You, You said, we don't hear that enough maybe, or, we're inundated. I mean, I, in my head, at least I complain about this every day, LinkedIn, the emails, just all this stuff that we get. But, um, you know, we talked to Brian Kramer several months ago who basically built his career starting with a book called human to human, uh, or, or that was in the title. And then we talked to Mark Schaefer, um, a couple of months ago, probably. And I think his superpower is taking, a lot of the uh, the social media, the marketing, and reintroducing the human being to that environment. And I think with Julie today, you know, of course it's different, right? She's not talking about digital necessarily, but I mean, she's she's like you said, she's all in on these human connections, and I think it's it's so powerful 
you know, I said it, I said it when we were talking, when I see somebody that's kind of anemic, their, their business, not the person, their business <laughs> is kind of anemic. That is exactly the first thing that I think from my own experience, right? Oh man, I, you know, I don't have much in the pipeline. I can almost guarantee it's because I'm not talking to enough people and I'm not talking, I, I, I don't, I'm not being strategic enough about connecting with other human beings. So I, I appreciated that, uh, appreciated that as well. And then her suggestion on um, scheduling it in, you know, making it a part of your daily tasks yeah. or something, yeah. doing that, making do, doing it intentionally and with a strategy, that's something, I mean, I work toward keeping in contact with my, with my contacts, um, touching base with them, even if it's, and I, and I put a comment in, um, in there that I'm not always asking for something. Sometimes it's just to say, Hey, Hey, how you doing? Um, is your, you know, did your family recover from COVID? <laughs> like, or just touching base, asking about them as a person. It makes a big difference. If you're always, if you're always contacting them to, for a favor, then that's, you know, they, you can see that you can, it's transparent. You can see that. And if you are, you are. And if you, I mean, but it, it takes just a second to just, you know, touch base with them and see how they're doing as a human, as a, as a real person. And it, it makes a big difference and they, and it, it's impactful on your relationship with them. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't, I, a long time ago, I remember saying on context and clarity that I used to try to email 10 people a day and I don't do that anymore. So, I mean, I do email 10 people a day, but not just to say, hi, how are you? You know, to kind of take people that are on the bottom of the list and bring them up to the top. I don't do that. And then one time I did hear Julie speak years ago and she said, you know, she inspired me to go get some note, note cards. So after a lot of searching, I found these note cards and then it turns out they're not big enough to mail. You can't, they're too small to mail. So I, I mean, like for me, and then to write a note, I can't just write like, if I met somebody, just met them and be like, hey, it's great to meet you, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like keep it to three sentences. And then, but if I'm just writing a note to my, someone I met a long time ago, I end up writing these notes that has the writing all around the edge and then it goes on the other side. And I don't, that's not going to take me three minutes. So I have a hard time with the handwritten notes because unless I'm saying thanks for the introduction or thanks for this thing that you did for me or something like that, that's easier. But if I'm just saying hi, it's like, hi, I was just thinking about you because this John Cougar Mellencamp song just came on. Bye. You know, it seems like, what the heck is that note? Or, so. Like and you've got to be careful there because it could be John Cougar. Right, right. That does. <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp, or it could be John Mellencamp. Right. So it that's, does, it does that's kind a potential of... minefield there. Right. I think right. when I was in high school, he was John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> I think he went with the whole thing. That's what I was thinking about, like a high school. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but she, did, she did make it sound easy, didn't she? The mm -hmm. Pomodoro technique. Uh, which is a fantastic thing. I was kind of surprised that, that she was using it once a day because I've heard of people. Oh, I use it all day. Yeah, 20, 25 minutes of uninterrupted. And there's different versions of that. Maybe that I've got an app. Maybe that falls outside of Pomodoro if I've you got use a Pomodoro app. minutes or whatever. But, but, um, but yeah, it's 
Anyway, yeah, she did make Strong. it sound easy, but it is easy if you're if you just met somebody. It's easy to follow up and say something in a note, but it's harder to say like, "Hey, sorry, I missed your wedding twenty years ago. <laughs> I should have called." Um, but let's get up, let's get together, you know. So it kind of depends on who you're writing to. Well, yeah, I think I mean that's maybe that's the lesson or the secondary lesson is that you've got to be strategic about that, right? It's not going to be a little note if it's the twenty year reconnecting. Yeah. But if it is, you know, hey, we met last night at the uh, the chamber event or, you know, whatever it was, then maybe maybe it is a, a note. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder, I, I saw, I was kind of glancing at the uh, comments scrolling by and there were some comments about notes. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that might have been a challenge for more than, than just us. There are a lot of steps involved with the notes. He and it's it's harder than you think to pick out a good note card from Amazon. All right, let's just so, say or wherever you get your notes. But um, but anyway, it's just um, you know, like she said, if you're prepared, then it's not overwhelming. Yeah. If you prepare for the meeting of somebody, it's not overwhelming. But another time when I heard her talk, that she talked about um, doing background checks on well, not background checks, but like finding out how, like these people kind of stalking them a little bit and finding out that these people like dogs. This is a dog person. This person belongs to this club. This person's in this hunting club or whatever. So that you know what they're into. And so you can casually bring it up in conversation. And then they, you know, it seems like yeah, I need my notebook out for that. Yeah. You're investing some, some time in that. Hmm. Um, so I think interpreting what she said about the note cards um, to more maybe of the younger generation, when we meet, when I meet people, um, I like to um, find them on social media, LinkedIn first, because that's professional, um, you know, Instagram next, probably, probably not Facebook unless we're already connected on one of these forums or something, but reaching out to them that way and sending a little LinkedIn message, I think is a great tactic. Um, also connecting or supporting them, like going through their feed a little bit to see if they something great happened to them recently or they're supporting something in particular and just leaving a comment. Um, you know, fantastic, great job, congratulations. Just a connection that way so that you just reinforce that, you know, multiple times of connection um, and, and let them know that you support them and that you encourage them and um, and you're, you know, you're interested in what they're doing. Um, that's just a, I don't know if it's a younger generation thing, but maybe just the note card. No, nope, no, nope. I'm sorry. You're going to have to do the note card too, Mandy. If I have to do it, <laughs> you have to do it. Just because I grew up having all these note cards doesn't mean I wouldn't think LinkedIn's easier. So sorry. You have to do the, you have to do the note card. <laughs> no, I I mean, I get it. And that it's like, I'm sure if one of my kids got a handwritten note from somebody, they would be like, uh, what's this? What's this note? <laughs> yeah, it I seemed like a lot to them. But I, you know, that that's, that's a really interesting point. I thinking about, you know, we have two teenagers. Um, I don't know. I mean, they get, you know, they get a birthday card from their grandmas, you know, and stuff like that. But They've probably never received a handwritten note in the mail from anybody. Um, of course, they're they're younger than the young that we're talking about, but uh, that's I think that's a really great point. Um, I Mandy, I do I do what you're talking about. 
I know um, you do. We do it together. <laughs> I do you like I support you and leave comments for you and you do the same for me. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll even uh, and you have know, to follow when, when you it, on LinkedIn. You sound like a good friend to have over there. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> you gotta go connect with Mandy. Um send her a note when you send the connection request. Um, <laughs> you know, when I used to go out and speak at conferences, um I would as the conference was drawing closer. So to me, it was, yes, I'm going to go speak there, but it's also a networking opportunity for me. So I would, I would start reaching out. I, was, I would do some of the things that, that Julie was talking about tonight. And, uh, you know, who's, who's on the list? If I can't get the list, you know, if it's, um, if it's AIA Sacramento that I'm going to, to uh, speak at, Who's on LinkedIn that's a member of, you know, identifies themselves as a member of AIA Sacramento. And and I'll just reach out whether I'm connected or not and say, hey, I'm going to go to this event. Um, I'm going to be speaking on this. I don't know if this interests you at all. But if it does, I'd love to love to connect, love to talk to you when I'm there. And, um, you know, most of the time that works out really well from a networking point of view. And, and you also, you know, she was talking about going to the NSA, the National NSA Conference, um, which is funny to say, in Las Vegas with uh, not, not knowing anybody. And, you know, she said that. I'm like, that's that's totally my world, you know, when I go and, and speak at places because you go, you don't, you don't know anybody in these places necessarily. And so, okay, here I am, you know. That's that leads to some really uncomfortable situations uh, if you don't do some outreach, I guess, beforehand. Yeah, yeah, sure does. Eating dinner alone, mm. Eating, standing mm. in the corner with your own glass of wine and hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> well, you have your glass of wine and hors d'oeuvres, and then no, and then your notebook kind of underneath, and it's you can't eat because both of your hands. It's so it can be so awkward. But, you know, everybody feels that way. I mean, I feel like most people there feel that way. So just acknowledge acknowledge that. And um, like I think I said yesterday that one of the things I like to ask is um, where would you – if you could be anywhere else right now, where would you be? Because then, you know, most people would can think of somewhere else they'd rather be than at the networking event. Well, I, you know, I think that list of questions, right, ask great questions. We talked about this yesterday. You know, and Benita was talking about, you know, she hates sports. And unfortunately, that spiraled into a whole conversation <laughs> about sports. It sort of opened the, the floodgates. But but I think I think that's a great point. You know, okay, where would you rather be? There's a question. You know, how many, three, four, five, how many questions do you have that you can ask? And I do love the idea. I was surprised Julie didn't bring this up tonight, but she usually talks about, she, she mentioned it this morning on clubhouse that if you go to a networking event in Europe, they don't ask, so what do you do? It's a very American thing. Um, so what do you do? How do you, how do you ask a better question than that? Because I don't think you know, collecting job titles, so to speak. I don't think that helps us at all. Mm-mm. I, you know, I like the idea of having a handful of, of questions and even, you know, this, this dawned on me too, when, 
I don't know if it was Benita's comment or somebody else's. You know, how do, what happens when I figure out this person isn't interesting or this person wants to talk about sports or, <laughs> you know, whatever? Have some questions, maybe just one question that will knock them, knock them off of their game. You know, mm, will, I think I have just the question, Jeff. You want to hear the, it? Yeah. What's the question? If you could eat only soft food or crunchy food the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Only soft I mean, that food goes or crunchy a, food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to answer me because I might have to ask you that later sometime when we're having an awkward <laughs> moment of, of I'll, I'll silence. Just, I'll just forget that you. you yeah. I mean, that's really that. stupid, but I mean, everybody can answer that question. I also like what she said this morning in Clubhouse about how just because we're architects doesn't mean everybody wants to hear about it, yeah. which I thought was great because I think a lot of architects think that. What we do is so interesting that, of course, they're going to want to hear about our work and, you know, no. Yeah. No. No, I, I did love that, too. She When she said something like, um, you know, talk about your hobbies or talk about your – talk about other things, other things in your life. Like, have do something else in your life besides architecture. That's, that's just a good piece of advice in general. <laughs> sure is. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be an interesting person. Just, just being – you know, engrossed in architecture means that you're interesting, but be more interesting. Yeah. Be mo more, have more dimensions than that. Yeah. Uh, you should at least have architecture and baseball, but. <laughs> baseball. Right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Catherine. We're going to go off on a tangent here. Baseball. <laughs> baseball lover. Love baseball. Are you, are you a baseball lover, Mandy? My son okay. also plays high school baseball, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I just want to say, I don't dislike all baseball. I prefer high school sports or college sports, mm -hmm. the not very good college sports, like the smaller college sports, to professional sports, because anything can happen. That's the beauty of high school sports, is that all of a sudden, like someone just does this beautiful move that you weren't expecting anything. To anyway, I, I love high school sports, because it's unpredictable. Professional sports, mm, you know. Yeah, really that, that um I like their outfits. I do like baseball outfits. Uniforms? Uh uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Major League Baseball has gotten a little more uh, creative with their uniforms. And so yeah. here's since since we're on the tangent of baseball and uniforms, you need to check out and I'm going to tie this back around because it would be cool to get this guy uh, I don't remember his name, so I won't be able to. Well, it's going to be harder to find him. No, we can find him. But um, there is a minor league baseball team called the Savannah Banana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I would love to talk to him. Yeah, Savannah, but Georgia. That would be kind of copying someone else where we both heard him. Where did you hear him? Am I allowed to say? Uh, sure, why not? Anyway, it was on a um, it was on a podcast that I heard about him, and it was yeah. about his whole client experience and looking at his like, how, what is your client experience? Which yeah. I would love to talk to that guy. Yeah, he, it's it's an amazing story. Uh, and Mandy, if you've never if you've never checked it out, it's a little a little bit of a background is it went from basically a nearly defunct team. He bought it, and now they're sold out for like six years in advance. It's just crazy. Oh wow. Um, small, you know, it's a, it's basically a low single A team, but, um, but the, the client experience, like Catherine just said, is, is the big deal F family oriented, family friendly, all, all those things as, as, you know, minor league baseball games ought to be. Um, of course, 
they have a whole lot of fun with the banana part, right? He wears a bright yellow tuxedo all the time. Um, sometimes the players wear kilts. Um, you know, there, there, there's a there's a whole lot of fun, fun. going on. Yeah, yeah. I put it in the chat. Yeah, right. just um, and their their tagline is "We make baseball fun." And um, but hearing him talk about it on this podcast was all about how he thought, like, what don't people like about baseball, and how could we fix that? And how can we make it more fun and about the cl- uh, the fan experience rather than yeah. the game? It's only the game, you know? So, Well, you know, I think if you tie that back to what we're talking about is how can you enjoy, right? If you're, if you're dreading going to whatever, whatever the event is, how do you change that? You know, what can you do? Yeah, I – believe it or not, I do not like walking into a room of people. You know, by by myself, not knowing anybody. Oh, great! This is a networking event. Um, I don't like that. A lot of nope. people don't like that. So, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't think anybody do really do? likes it. Oh, there are definitely people that like it. But Julie they, Brown, I think, likes that. Walk into people, but she warms up the room ahead of time, though. So it's, it's just hard well, to go into yeah. a room where you don't know anybody. Yeah, and and I think that's the thing. It's how what can you do to warm it up? What can you do to make it enjoyable? Ask your your question about crunchy or or soft, you know, whatever it is. It always gets good reception. I mean, not a professional one, possibly, but you get some answers, you know. You're talking about beyond peanut butter, right? I'm talking about, well, this went back to time when my cousin and I were talking about if you were a dog, like a dog only gets, some dogs only get dry food the whole their whole lives so if you were a dog or you know if the rest of your life you could only have soft food or crunchy food like crackers or like mashed potatoes and that was it Mm. and then we think wow those poor dogs they just starchy (laughs) okay i'll have to think of more balanced uh crunchy versus (laughs) but anyway it's all hypothetical it's more about the texture oh okay right Jeez, this is the kind of conversation we would have at a networking event, Jeff, where you're like, but that's not right. <laughs> you wouldn't get enough protein. Like, it's just a... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't anyway. It paper. does open the door to food talk, though. Oh, I don't like this food. Oh, I'm allergic to that food. Oh, have you tried this from this right. store or something? Yeah. It does and a lot of time you might be eating something crunchy and soft from the, from the well, I don't know if they have buffets anymore in that's today's world. That's hmm. a good question. But but I think I, I think that does make a good point though. You know, she was talking about you, you know, getting going deeper in these relationships. Right? There's no way to go deeper in the relationship, you know, oh, what do you do? I'm an attorney. What do you do? I'm an architect. Yeah, that we, is. Are we done, hard are we to done at on. that point? You know, you've got to you've got to start digging deeper. Yeah. Um, you know, so I do I do have a small comment. Um when I attend events with my husband, and this is just personal, you know, experience, but maybe women have experienced this too. Um, they ask my husband what he does, and then they pass me over. Yeah, um, that's because you're or, going with your husband. You just have to leave him at home. Or, oh, I do. I mean, you know, I'll either or. Is he, he, is, he wants to. Is he, does he work with you? He's a plumbing contractor, and he has his own business. So um, we do both work from our house. Yeah. So kind of his desk is right behind mine. Okay. So But he works in the field too. So I mean he's yeah. a contractor. Yeah. So then they pass over you and then you don't you don't really get a chance just to pipe up it's and say, Well, you didn't ask me. 
So it's one of those awkward things with women that you don't want to ask if she's a stay-at-home mom or you don't want to ask it the wrong way because if she chose to stay at home with the children, then you don't want to offend her. Or if she works, then you don't want to, you don't want to offend women. Right, right. Like you can't really say, do you work to a woman? That is really offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, where do you work? And then they say, oh, I, I work from home. And then, and then they're offended a little or they're, they think, you know, they're not worthy or, you know. Right. Exactly. That's a very good point, Mandy. And I don't think, I don't think men have to think about that. Really. But and who are selves. you? I mean, yeah. just who are who you? Who are you is good. Who's always good. Sometimes I just say, how, why did you come here? Mm. Like, how, what do you, and they might say that I was dragged here by my, <laughs> my wife or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So the, the people that are passing over you and asking your husband, you know, and, and passing over you. Are they, is it always men or do women do that as well? Professional women do. Yeah. Like if I went to like a chamber event or something, then, you know, and and there's a diverse group of, from different professions, industries and stuff there, then yeah, they just assume the wife is there with the husband for the husband's purpose. Um, It just, I don't know if it's regional or if it's just generally, that's how it is everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of similar to over here. If I'm out with my husband and we're both architects, but it's my firm and they talk to him and he says, you should talk to her. I have nothing to do with any of that. Yeah. That's just what people do. That's that's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I, I guess I can see it, you know, playing on stereotypes, I guess. But yeah. I'm I'm often a contrarian. <laughs> I know that's a surprise, <laughs> but I didn't notice that until today, Jeff. I know it's I. I'm sorry to spring that on you last minute, but um, <laughs> need to know each other. So I I will purposefully ask the woman, you know, just to you know. What do you say though? Do you bit. say like so? Do you have a job? So no. What do you say I, that's a good question. I don't know what I say. Um, what do you do for fun? No. Seems like a kind of a weird opening question. No. How'd you like that baseball game? Oh, yeah. Women yeah. probably don't answer that one. <laughs> do, do you do you like uh, sports? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, he's come up with a call. Hi, I'm Jeff, and do you like sports? Do you like sports? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Well, you could ask a woman. I mean, why not ask a woman? A lot of women do like. I like sports. I like to play some sports. I just don't like professional sports. As we've established, yeah. you know, yeah. so well, I think you could ask women yeah. that. And, you know, I'm in, so my wife is probably a bigger sports fan than I am. I mean, what? That seems impossible. Posts. That's not possible. No, Saturdays, Saturdays and Sundays, it's football. It's we're football season now. But, uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we're both more into college sports and than, than pro sports. But that's we do need to come up with a good question, though. You know, maybe, maybe it is. Although, who are you? Yeah, maybe it is. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, you have to say the that with the right tone important. of voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, I'm thinking of making a big button. I heard about that some some of these places. I think I might have heard it from in Julie's podcast, but she was talking about the buttons that are red, yellow, and yeah. um, green. And you know, after Ecclestock with the whole like "Don't hug me" thing. So it would be good to have that button on all the time, anyway. I mean, I know buttons are so um, 
I was it like Mork and Mindy? Was that like the time period where everybody had buttons on the suspenders? Oh my god. Okay, so, yeah. Like yes, that. that was the 70s. That the was a movie, while ago. I didn't have any then. Space. Okay, I didn't have suspenders or buttons at that time. But I'm thinking that if you had a button that was just like had some information on it anyway, it was like, don't touch me or like, <laughs> don't talk to me or you can talk to me from this distance or whatever. That would be a good, you know, be a good... Um, Messaging what, is... What's important. the word? Icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it was from Julie's podcast is when she went to the uh, NSA conference in Las Vegas. They had a red, yellow, and, and green. Red basically meant that. Yeah, what you're does not yellow mean? That's what I was wondering. Getting, you, you know, you want social distancing. Um, yellow was. Um, what was yellow? I don't know. That's what I want. I, I think, should have asked her. What's yellow? I, think, I know what green is. I know yeah, what red is. I think is. green was you were okay shaking hands or something like that. And yellow might have been okay mm, I'm to not talk, sure. Not. Please, how about you just stay over there? No, that, that was red. You stay over there. Red. Orange, that's, that's then. I guess I'd be orange. Say, Catherine. It's a you stay <laughs> over there. Keep your distance. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll stand here and eat my mashed potatoes. Mandy, I remember you said, this is probably months ago now on context and clarity you go to uh, i'm gonna call them conferences networking events whatever they are that are related to what you do but where you're going to be one of if not the only architect in the room and i i I really really think that is a smart approach so how do you how do you find those types of or, or what are those um groups and and events that you go to so one of them is, well, it started with attending AIA California hosted a conference on homelessness and housing for California, which is a pretty huge topic here in California. Mm -hmm. um, and I attended that and I became knowledgeable about, they had, I mean, government officials there. They had people in housing authority. They had, they had uh, architects doing um, housing for, um, you know, nonprofits for private public um, uh, coalitions just they it was a variety of stuff and I and I learned a lot so um, just being active in my community here where I live um, I learned of a conference by a local association it's a landlords association here and um, so I thought I would attend it and I was the only architect there and I was really surprised. <laughs> that our local architects didn't attend it or didn't know about it or, but housing is a pretty big deal and we need to participate in things like that. So I was, I've already like the last, since I got licensed, just involved in um, keeping my ears open on um, other nonprofit associations, other things related to architecture and community um, stuff. So anyway, I learned about it and I was the only architect in the room. And so when they did talk about, um, it's a room full of potential clients. I mean, it's a big, you know, I mean, it's like fishing. It's like, I couldn't believe that I, I was like, wow, this was very, it wasn't strategic. I was going to learn more for my own benefit, mm. um, about what everything was like in my region on homelessness and, and what we're doing to address it and, what programs are available and who just for me to reach contacts, but then I ended up being a contact. So I handed out a lot of cards and I um, 
followed up with um, the landlords and um, it hasn't resulted in any projects, but I don't do housing. Um, so what, how it works is I, when they call me, then I reach out to my um, colleagues and ask them to get involved and help. I do have some, some other recently licensed architect firm owner friends here in town. Um, and I know I've talked to you about that too, that we work together and help each other. And so they do multifamily housing. And so like when when someone wants to do multifamily housing, then I, I act as a connector. And I really like that with networking too. Um, sometimes it's not for your benefit. Sometimes the work isn't meant for you, but being the connector person and helping someone else connect to the right person if that's where you're at, then you, you helped and yeah. that's rewarding in itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's I the idea totally agree about that. I mean, that's a fun thing to me. That's a fun thing to do is to figure out what this person, what their dream is. I'm all, I do like to talk about people, what their dreams are, because, um, like that time, who, who was that that we had on? We were supersizing our dreams there, Jeff. Maya Sharfi. Maya Sharfi. Yeah. So, Anyway, everybody has dreams and finding out what they are and then finding somebody else who can connect with that person. That is really great because then you're helping that person have their dream come true. And how great is that? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's the what we were talking about earlier this week with referrals. If I'm referring my colleagues, you know, work, then they're going to do the same for me. Yeah. And it just comes back when things are more appropriate for my, you know, expertise, then then they'll they'll do they'll hand it over to me. And same thing. We, we work as a as a group here and it's and it, i love it yeah we're not yeah. enemies and we don't compete against each other it's just we just help each other yeah. yeah i mean even people who do do the same kind of work and still help each other they might be too busy or it might not be exactly what they want or any i mean i i don't see any reason not to be helping out my so-called competition because it's not like there's a finite amount of anything for us to have right so yeah yeah the the whole idea of uh, of um you know i i'm i'm going i'm going to gather up as much as i can and not help any anybody else out you know that's first of all every architect that i talk to says oh well every project is completely unique every client is completely unique S on some levels right but if if that's your argument, right? If you're saying that right, from a marketing point of view, or putting your proposals together, whatever the context of our conversation is, then there's no way that you can turn around and say every single one of these projects is exactly right for me, even though it's a multifamily project and that's what I do, right? I mean, it's if if they're all completely unique, then they've got to be completely unique the whole time. So, right. so I, I, I love what you're talking about. So what area of California are you in, Mandy? I'm sort of in the middle of the state. I'm about an hour and a half north of Los Angeles in okay. Bakersfield. In Bakersfield. And you mentioned that you have um, a handful of emerging professionals mm -hmm. around you that you're all kind of building that community. Um did all of you work together or you just, you find each other because of an emerging professional connection or how does that come about? Um, so I was involved in leadership in AIA. So it was my job to reach out to um, people getting their licenses, to people taking their exams, getting their licenses and other architects in the community. Um, and so um, it was sort of just one of those things where I, I wanted to meet them and we don't have, we didn't. Uh, and 
I just got licensed like five years ago. So not, or six years ago now, sorry, six years ago now. Um, so it wasn't that long ago that nobody was getting licensed here. It was, it was, uh, a long dry spell for architects to get licensed, Hmm. um, like 15 years or something. We weren't really getting very many at all. So for us to get through the exams and to get licensed during a time when the exams were changing and the rules were changing and CARB was changing everything, it was, it was a difficult time and the recession (laughs) It was a difficult time for all of us to get licensed, but we did. Um, so just reaching out to the newly licensed, inviting them to AIA events, learning about them, taking the time, taking them to lunch, you know, letting them know there's a community here for them. Um, it started there. And then um, we became friends and they went out on their own uh, about a year, like within a year there were four of us that went out on our own that just got our licenses and jumped ship and went out on our own. So, and we're of a generation, like we learned the, the firms that we worked at were, you know, a little more traditional, a little more close-minded, maybe a little toxic, (laughs) not the, not the best. And so we all had a, an ambition to change this, to be the next firm. And we really, decided intentionally to help each other be successful because at some point the firm leaders in our town um, were, were, they're at retirement age and might not have the next in line people for transition for leadership in their firm. And a lot of the sole practitioners in our town um, are at retirement age. Um, Just recognizing that and then the gap in licensed architects um, the age, the gap of of there being very few between the retirees and then us, um, we decided to help each other stay strong. Um, when you're starting out the your firm the first couple years, it's hit and miss on what projects you get. Um, you're scraping by or you've got too much or something. So we decided to help each other. So sharing workloads is something that we do. Referring each other for for areas of expertise is also what we do. So when one of us has um, a big project and a heavy workload, then another one will step in and help and just stay in production and and help that. We want all of us, we want all of us to succeed. Yeah, which gets to Julie Brown's definition of what a professional network should be, right? It's people that are invested in you know, a group of people that are invested in your success and you're invested in their success. So, um, you know, what you just described was pretty much the, uh, the exact same, the exact same thing there. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. It works. And and we've proven that it works. We're, we're all going strong. We are all growing. Everybody has employees now. Um, I don't have employees here in person, but I do hire out, um, across the nation. Mm-hmm. So remote remote staff or, you know, 1099 consultants. Yep. Um, and I help out. So what I've been doing is helping out the other architects. Um, so I have two of our own uh, entree architect friends, colleagues, that recently got their license and started their own firms. And so, you know, they reached out to me and said, can you, if you have extra work, can you help me so that I can get my business up and running and it's the same thing that I was doing locally. So I was like, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. works. I, I don't know if it's a generational thing or an opportunity thing, but um, 
I've been involved with our local leadership development program here um, since the since the very beginning of it. And one of the things that's that's really fascinating is to see the different cohorts. You know, they, they go they go through a lot. It's a nine month program. Um, you know, they're they're knee deep in everything. Um, it's a very scholar driven program. So they're doing the work, they're planning, you know, they're working on these things together. And the the strength in the relationships that come out of that are, are pretty amazing. Um the be, because of the way it's structured, it, it's really um the qualification, I guess, is really based on time from licensure on either side. So that doesn't necessarily translate strictly into a certain age group. Um, in fact, we've had a couple of people that have gone through that have been wonderful assets to the the uh, program that were, when I was in school, we would have called them the non-traditional students, right? They went out, they had a career, and they decided for some reason to become an architect. So they went back to school. So we've yeah. had a couple of them, right? And uh, in fact, one of them is about my age. And he went through the leadership development program, um, you know, with a whole bunch of I don't know, mid to late 20 somethings to early 30 somethings. Right. Um, but it, but it's fantastic to see the collaboration and the way that they keep up with each other. And I mean, they're, they're having their own meetups now. Hey, it's the, the, uh, uh, CKLDP Christopher Kelly leadership development program is what it is. It originated in at AIADC. Um, but uh, hey, it's the CKLDP class of 2019, or you know something. We're gonna go. We're gonna meet at you know such and such, uh, you know, just for a for a happy hour or something like that. It's really cool to see, and and uh, I know they're also helping each other. Uh, I don't know that any of them have gone out on their own since then, but I, it's it's probably just a matter of time would be my guess. Uh, but they're supporting each other in their careers and things, and I think, you know, again, network. It's not just, of course, in conversation with Julie, a lot of that's going to be about business development because that's a big part of 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 uh, what she does as a as a strategist as well. But it's, um, you know, a lot of this network and relationship is not about necessarily generating new business today, right? It's there's a lot of other purposes. Well, just not being alone. <clears throat> Or not that's feeling like you're alone. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've loved about this context and clarity thing, as I've said a million times, is that it was it was great not to be alone during this whole yeah. time when I'm alone in my office, you know? So yeah. that's kind of what – having a network of people that you can call on when things aren't going very well is important mm -hmm. also, I think. so. Yeah. Yeah, Julie mentioned something tonight, you know, reaching out to people and say, hey, how are you doing? That was the advice that we were giving and talking about back in you know april may whatever of of 2020 and when she said that you know it really made me think the number of conversations that i've had in the last week or two uh you know do we go to the store do we go to this do we not you know it's still so uncertain and the i had my uh one of my mastermind groups earlier this week and the number of people that have been affected um 
by you know somebody getting sick or somebody passing away i mean it it, it just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps grinding and i i think that was a really great point is that advice which which really was part of why we started context and clarity to your point um i i think that's still so valid today it's as valid today as it was 18 months ago or whatever the whatever the number is um which is scary but but um but yeah. she, you know when she made the point of reconnecting with people um i thought that was great too because i i was thinking about that the other day it's a guy oh, i need to follow up with him i haven't talked to him in like 19 20 months something like that the way my brain works and when i'm not seeing something I forget about it. So mm. if people aren't in, if I don't see them out and about, I just forget that those people exist, which sounds kind of cold. But um, I mean, I, I just don't think about them. Even if it's like my cousins or someone like that, I just don't, I forget that people exist. So having a list, like she said, writing it all out, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be saying that out loud. But, um, <laughs> I, I, writing it all out and then looking at my list, and I used to have this full list actual list of names and that's how i would pick who i was going to email because i hadn't contacted them in a while and i i kind of need to formalize it like that so why did you you mentioned that you you know you were doing that you're emailing 10 people yeah why did that fall by the wayside i don't know why don't i meditate every day anymore what happened to my just life what happened to my three i don't know honestly i do not know what the answer to that is like what why is it something that's working and that you enjoy, and then suddenly you stop doing it and forget it exists. I mean, that's me. I guess that's just, again, me just forgetting I liked that thing. Because I remember keeping the list, and I even have them on my to-do list at the bottom of it. And But they're from April or maybe June of 2020 is the last time that I, I did that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Why do we stop doing things we like doing and forget we liked it? I'm a, I'm a very habit-driven person. And so anything that... You know, it's interesting. I brought up uh, Atomic Habits today during Context and Clarity with Julie, um, it, which which is a fantastic book. Uh, bringing, being able to break habit building down to the smallest, that's that's the atomic part, is the, the atomic mm. particle size, you know, to, to build from that point instead of going, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to start running or whatever, whatever the thing is. It it just makes so much sense to me. And then I, I realize any time that my routine is broken, then I'm in danger of some of these things falling apart. Mm. You know, stop stopping emailing people, you know, yeah. ten people a day or whatever the thing is. And so then I wonder, and I don't I don't know the answer to this, just what I'm wondering is was that a habit or was it just a routine? And I suspect it's just a routine. Um, I don't know the difference habit. between a habit or routine yeah. either. So <laughs> don't ask, ask me that. It's like smooth <laughs> or crunchy. Um, but um, Don't ask me that question either. Um, <laughs> well, but like I know your morning routine or habit. Is that the same thing? I think it might be a habit. Like I know that you go to a certain, you know, you go to Starbucks and you get a certain cup and you throw it away in a certain bin. And then you walk home and somehow you've even told me about that. So um, it's obviously something. We had a lot of time in the car together. (laughs) That's what you do. That's what you do. So um, 
Is there something kind of comforting to doing the same thing and having your routine? Yeah. Or yeah, habit. So, so yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's for me. That's uh, well. I mean, you know, I went to Ecclestock, flew to Boston. We we drove to Vermont, or you drove to Vermont. I rode and and back, and you know, flew back. Yeah. Why didn't you drive at all? By the way, now that you bring it up, <laughs> you didn't ask. Um, the uh, but that that took me totally out of my routine. Obviously. Mm-hmm. It took me out of my white box, right, that I'm trapped in. And, it, and it, there are some things that's very hard to get back into that routine. Part of it's just playing catch up after it's, – it's kind of like going on vacation, right? You get out of your routine. You're not doing the, you know, doing the, the work stuff all day, every day. But um, so some of it is, is that. But, um, but getting back into the routine was – was very hard and, and mm. I that's that's where I I think when I start losing track of of people and things that I need to sh- should follow up on and uh, stuff like that it's if it's not a habit or a routine or whatever or if I get out of that that's where the danger zone is for me yeah you're right that must be when something disrupts the routine that must be where things fall out yeah yeah, I'm glad, you came. I'm glad you went to Ecclestock though, because you did a lot of networking, Jeff. So that's Good. the upside. It did right, Mandy? Are you going to start sending out note cards? Or <laughs> I actually do have a box of thank you cards. Um, I was in the habit of doing it when I was doing AIA leadership. Just yeah. you know, but it's more like a thank you for something. I think a a thank you is proper. Is you know, mm-hmm. thank you for for doing something or giving money or, you know, whatever that is, but not, I don't know. That's more, that's more of what I would do. Sending a card saying, Hey, it was nice to meet you. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe a LinkedIn connection and a little message would be probably more what I would do. It takes two seconds. Um, her three minutes of writing a card. Mine takes like 10 seconds. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do is, and, and I don't collect business cards. Right. I don't carry business cards. Um, when we, when somebody asks that, oh, do you have a card? I say, no, I don't. I don't have a card on me. Are you on LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And just connect right there. Yeah. You know, and then and then you know put a note in the in the connection request. You know everything that she was describing. But I, mm-hmm. I do kind of what you're saying. I do it on LinkedIn. And um, although LinkedIn used to have they they killed this for some reason. They had it. They used to have a fantastic business card scanner app. Oh. You'd be at a conference, someone would hand you a card. And this is, I, I've done this at like two or three AIA national conferences. You meet somebody, they hand you a card, you take it, and you've got your phone, the LinkedIn, whatever it was called, app, and you just take a picture of it. And of course, it, it scans, it up, uploads it, but then it finds that person on LinkedIn. What? It was great, but they killed it. I don't know. Why? I'm sure there's a story behind it. I don't know what it is. Well, but Here's my cigar box that I used to take. People give me their cards, and it's stuck closed because it's been so long. Yeah. Right? So then I would I would just pick. So this is how I used to sometimes pick people. So I picked 10 cards out, and I'm like, I'm going to email these people today. Oh, by the way, this is the size of the envelope that I got for my thank you cards. And this and I couldn't use it because it's, it's not big That's enough to. Small to mail. 
Yeah, it's too small to mail. I didn't even know that was a Unbelievable. Thing. So you can't really mail a note like this in another envelope. Be like, is that your kind of planning? Like, you're so bad at figuring out what you're supposed to do that you have you to get must two be envelopes. A really good architect. <laughs> you must be great at details. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I used to take 10, um, you know, of these cards and then just write to them. But I haven't looked at it in a long time. It reminds me of the strategy that the product reps always do when we do like expos or something, then we hand out the business cards and then they always follow up with an email. It's um, it's exactly what they do. They follow up with an email. Right. Nice to meet you. How can I help you? Here's a, here's a link to our newest and greatest products. Yeah. yeah. Well now, you know what? Now I'm going to send a card to each of these people and say, hey, I found your business card and it smells musty now that it's been 20 months. You know what you so should do. Remind me to not give you a business card. <laughs> Why? It's going to go in my special box. No. Well, what, what you should do is you should write a note and say, hey, I found your business card, you know, and whatever the rest of the note says, and put the card in the envelope. And <laughs> Here it is, in case you want to use it again. Yeah. Do that. P.S. Hope you survived COVID because not sure about that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway. The, the um I, yeah i can say this there's there's a guy here in indianapolis that he's one of these uber networkers and he's the business card collector type which is part of my whole talk on there's a difference between networking and connecting and i remember one time we hadn't connected for maybe a couple of years. I'd met him. We'd, you know, we'd met before. We talked before. He reached out to me, and he's using a CRM to drive all of this. He reached out to me, said, "Hey, uh, we haven't talked, and it's, it's sort it's sort of like what we're talking about, except on a creepy level. Like, hey, we haven't talked in in a couple of years. You know, how about we reconnect? Whatever. Um, can you come by my office?" And he was very insistent about coming by his office, which really was off-putting to me. Um, and then when he told me we hadn't connected, you know, the last time we connected was April 38th um, on a Monday at, you know, 9 a.m. at this event. It's like, okay. So I know <laughs> that you're putting all of this information into your CRM. That's that's getting a little bit weird. But then at the – so I go self. to his office and I, I meet him. He's the only one there in his office, which was also kind of weird. Um, and he wanted my business card. I'm like, why? I mean, you've got all this in the CRM. I mean, you're telling me like freakishly strange <laughs> level of detail, right? <laughs> and so he takes my business card and we, as we're walking out to the door, I hadn't even noticed this wall when I was walking in. He has an entire wall of business cards. Oh. Like he's working floor to ceiling, left to right, and he takes your business card and he he puts he finds a little spot on the wall and he puts it up there. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a little bit interesting. Um it's really kind of weird. And what's your point? Right? What what is What's the end game here? What's the what's the goal? I mean, are you going to do all the walls in the office, or at what point? What's the accomplishment here? I don't know. 
Oh, it was that. pretty cool, though. Maybe uh, you just gave me an idea what I can do with all these cards. Yeah. Well, you should invite people to come to your basement now. Come to my basement. <laughs> yeah, you were worried about. I got something to show you. <laughs> yeah, you. You, <laughs> you had that question earlier. Yeah, it just there took a go. turn. I know. Just took I know. A turn. I know. You know what? I was just asking that question because um, I think that women sometimes it might be misconstrued. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I don't think people think I'm trying to hit on them personally, but I do know that women have a problem with doing that kind of follow-up with men. No, because a, I'm glad you brought it up. That was a very good point. Yeah. Th- there were several people that mentioned that in the comments, and, and I'm glad you brought it up too because that's obviously that's not something I'm real aware of. Um, so I yeah. – and that's why I it asked also, Mandy so – go ahead, Mandy. Oh, it also works backwards for the men when they're when they're following up. In a, when you're not sure what their intentions are okay. when they right. follow up, yeah. Um, so, it's yeah. So when somebody follows up, when a man follows up with you, what? I was trying to think about that. I don't how, think they do follow up with me. How sh- what? What should the? What should I say? I loved what Julie. I think Julie said. Um, Make it a group activity. <laughs> Things mm. that you would tell your teen, right? So yeah. uh, something, you know, oh, d- don't make it. I mean, so if you do say, let's go to lunch, just me mm. and you, or let's grab dinner, or like, I'm going to mm-hmm. be in town, you know, visiting, or, you know, visiting clients, doing doing client things. I wondered if you want to go to dinner after that kind of question comes up, and then you're like, oh, I don't, mm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. But if you say, I'm inviting, you know, a couple of colleagues together, um, I thought we could all go grab a drink or dinner or something together. What's a good place? You know, what's your favorite place? Are there local breweries? Just something that's like open and social and other people. If you're asking for a one-on-one, even though as professionals, it should be okay asking for one-on-one. That's, you know, it should be, but maybe after the you know, two or three social things, then you're more comfortable with the person and mm-hmm. then it's okay to do one-on-one. Yeah. That reminds me, I had a friend, of course, this was pre-COVID too, that used to be really good at arranging sort of those small social things. And he would he would invite two or three people that, you know, it'd be, hey, I thought all of you would find some value in getting to know each other. And that that was always fun and and comfortable and and everything. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if but... I'm if I'm asked for a one on one, then I will bring someone with me. <laughs> if I you know if I think it's a connection worth developing a relationship, you know, yep. like let's sure. I also think you should meet this person. Can I invite them? Would you mind? You know. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask that. Are you strategic? Other than. You know, to not make it to make it not one on one. Are you strategic about the person that you're asking to go with you? Yeah, usually I'm a I'm a connector person, like I yeah, said before. Yeah, yeah. So finding commonality or some way that someone else can help another person. Um, you know, if it's you know if it's a product rep or or some, just someone on the periphery that's looking we're looking to build a relationship um, professionally, then I know there's other people that would benefit too then yeah let's let's go together let's make it a mm-hmm. um you know make it a group thing so i don't know yeah no, I, 
makes sense. I mean, we we need to be aware of this. Mm, right? we're, I just, we've got our our blind spots and our you know our implicit biases and things like that. We just got to figure out you know what the what the right questions are, what the right way to approach it is. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's that's good information. I was just thinking about, okay, it was now it was about 20 months ago that this thing happened, but it just became clear to me just in this moment <clears throat> that there was this younger guy, a younger guy. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's just not even talk about it. I asked him to go to lunch. I asked him to go to lunch, but it was a builder who I was like, you know, what kind of work are you looking for? What kind of, <clears throat> so I said, where should we, do you want to meet for lunch? And then he said, yeah. And then he wanted to meet somewhere like Subway or Somewhere like, like Subway, right? I'm like, okay, that's not quite what I had in mind for lunch, but okay, we'll go there. And then we went there, and his wife shows up. <laughs> like, okay, what's even happening with, like, your wife showing up? So, I don't know. It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> he way. brought somebody, except for she was, oh, just happening by. So, I don't know. Now I'm embarrassed about it 20 months later. I should have been, and been like. I, I imagine that's, that's the, I imagine that's a similar situation. Because it's, you know, as, as someone that's married and has been married a long time. Mm-hmm. You talk about you or me? Me. Okay. Also you. Also me. You know, but, Not to you. But I, you know, there there are times where I wonder, I mean, is this, does this seem weird? To me, it doesn't. I, <laughs> I know, you know. That's what I was I talking about. You don't want to seem are, weird. But, but does it seem weird to me? Yeah. Would it seem weird to my wife if she had any idea that I was... You know, meeting meeting a woman for for me, it's yeah. going to be coffee. I mean, that's that's the only option you've got. <laughs> that's my my well, world revolves around that. So, but but uh, that has to be that has to be going on. Mm-hmm. You know, going through other people's minds as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it has to. You have to be aware of it, I guess, because I wasn't even. I was thinking it was weird that his wife showed up, and it's taken me twenty months to think. <laughs> i am pretty captivating so i can see why that you know why she wanted to come meet me so i don't blame her maybe she's really in the subway i don't know (laughs) what a coincidence it's a very good point though Catherine, with women asking men just because we work in in a profession that is mostly men that if we do if women do want to connect then trying to make it not awkward um Or trying not to make it look like we would like to date them. Um, yeah, because that was not what I had in mind. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, when something's so out of your mind that you don't even consider it, that's... So anyway, it can get awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I'm going to stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, but, something but, that has to be... So we do need to communicate, you know... Gender to gender communication is also important in our industry. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's, you know, Julie, Julie said, you know, when, when she started, when, when we started, it was very, very male dominated. It's, it's working its way uh, away from that. I was, when she said, it, I was thinking about my pro practice class, trying to kind of do a tally. And I think, uh, I think we may be 60, 40 women to men in my pro practice class. Uh, which you know, I'm always curious to see how that's how that is mix is going to be, um, just as some sort of litmus test, I suppose. But um, but but it's it's real, right? It's totally real. Um, you know, you're you're the only I, product reps, 
all all stereotypes, of course. Anything building materials, it's, it's a guy. Mm. Lighting, it might be a woman. But you know, all this. Now, why is that? Why are lighting women? Why? That's the this only is thing my experience. It may not be. It may not. No, it's be true. true I, now that I think of it, it's like lighting is a woman's thing. It's okay if a woman's selling lighting. No, I don't. I'm not I saying agree. okay. We're not, or not. talking I'm about saying that that's today. Just, that's just what I've seen. No, no, I, I'm um, agreeing with you, and it's just kind of weird. Yeah, but but and and then you get into those situations where, okay, now we've got this this gender imbalance or whatever we call it, where. Okay, I'm going to meet with a lighting rep. Oh, it's it's going to be going to be this woman. You know, is is there anything implied anything you know that I need to be careful of how I how I present this meeting? Um does she or on the flip side, you know, women and men's. I it's this is going to be an issue for a long time. Yeah, until we just have one until we become all one. <laughs> so we'll see when that happens we are the world <laughs> i think yeah. just just being genuine just being authentic genuine I totally agree with that person to person human to human yep. um respectful being good yep. listeners all of that it um it softens it softens all the awkwardness really yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right on that. And that's a great way to bring it all the way back around. But um, I think that's it. Uh, you know, just just be a human being. And I and I know that's a this this sounds weird, even in my head. So it's going to be even worse when it comes out of my mouth. But I know that's really hard for some people because they're, you know, the uptightness, the the introvert or not or whatever. You know, I know there's plenty of people that, that have to, that, that feel like they have to put on a, a face, put on a a personality, uh, get themselves up to, you know, just to go out and meet people. I, I, I get that. I totally understand that. And, you know, I, we've talked about a lot of things, both with Julie and in this conversation where, uh, I think there are some really good things that you can do to prepare and, and, um, make it more comfortable and, and ease the situation. And I, and I think the more that you do that, the more genuine you, you can be. Um, but I think you're exactly right, Mandy. It's just, just be you and be a real live human being that's talking to another real life human being and make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I think for people who are, get social anxiety. I think that's a, it's a good way to, um, to prepare them. You know, you're a person, the people you're going to meet are people, they have, they have flaws, you have flaws, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's, everyone's got something, everyone's done something great, you know, done something bad. Everyone's just human. So it's, it's not, I think we think about things too much and we over, we over prepare, overthink things, situations. And we just need to bring it back down to really simple. Mm-hmm. We're just people. We're all just people. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously not to dismiss or or down downplay any any true, um, you know, health or or uh, mental health issues. 
you know, th- those are real too. And we can't, you know, that's not what we're talking about. That's we're talking about, you know, Hey, we're a little bit nervous about this. We're a little bit yeah. anxious about this. There, there are different levels to that. So Mandy, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this wrap up with us. It's been a fun conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Catherine, thanks for, uh, for the idea showing and, and you my cards keeping it going yeah i'm a little upset now that people that mandy was not not taken with my cards that's okay wait <laughs> I, i'm gonna seconds. like them for myself where's my cards? i do I, have cards okay let me you show do? you but you know i expect so all the these staff. there you go i have them at my fingertips there's my cards are those the cards of your colleagues and product reps and like everything. Oh, so you do have those too. So yeah. you both right, you don't have them in a special. You both need box. to put those in. Yeah, Mandy needs to get a special box for hers. Definitely. I input those <laughs> into my computer into my contacts as soon yeah. as I get them, and then I stick them here just in case something happens to my computer, so I have a plan B. Yeah. 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 See, I don't do the computer part. I just keep them in that box. You both need a cloud-based CRM. <laughs> Put them in there and then mm. write the note, put the card in the envelope and send it back to them. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. We, yeah. Well, or plaster your wall. I don't know. One or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, maybe for, they could fit right here in my screens, actually. Oh. Yeah, you, yeah, you could fill I up think, all the little. Uh, I think I could fill all the, the Tommy squares, rectangles, yeah. tatamis. Yeah, well, it was nice to meet you, Mandy. Yeah, this was a fun conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Yep. It was fun those... hosting for you um, on on the um, the morning. Um, oh, the uh, what, clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Clubhouse. that was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, see, I think we should do that again. Yeah, you think? I think yeah, we should. Gonna, we're going to move towards that, having some a lot more guest hosts. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have to figure out a system like anything else, but yeah, we'll mm. we'll. Uh, do some of that as well. So, it, that, it, Catherine, I think that's exactly. Oh, it's good. It's going to require some glue, though, because as soon as I move the screen, this is all coming out. Uh, the, the spray spray mount will take care of that. Spray mount. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cat hair, spray mount, business cards stuck everywhere. Yeah, be awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, you, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Either that or you mail them. So okay. I don't know if you knew this, but Demetrius and I did a um, panel together. Um, oh, really? In Orange County, yeah, yeah. for um, diversity and equity, sort of, in the yeah. industry. So I spoke as a woman, and he spoke as a man that is not white <laughs> Yeah. in the industry. So, yeah, yeah. that's where I met Demetrius. I love, I love him. He's great. Oh, he's, he's awesome. For those of you that, that don't know who Demetrius is, Demetrius Lynch, uh, co-founder of Gable Media and uh, – um, I don't know, producer extraordinaire. Um, he. And architect. Yeah. Yeah. And architect. We can't <laughs> definitely can't dismiss that. That's. You know, I didn't even know he was an architect. Yeah. He's, he's an architect. Oh. Uh, House of lines is the name of his firm. Um, he's got a, his, his own podcast as you might imagine. Um, but uh, yeah, Demetrius is great. And uh, you know, he's, he is definitely the production genius behind a lot of the Gable Media uh, shows and, and definitely uh, Build Your Brand podcast, which was really kind of the first one. But um, th- I've, I've told this story before, but 
you know, I would record an episode of build your brand podcast and I, I, I don't, well, I guess it's going out there now. I don't listen to any of them. I, I do not, <laughs> I'm not interested in listening to them. Mm-hmm. I said it, I don't want to hear it. Um, and so I would, I would record an episode. I'd send it to Demetrius and, um, you know, here's, here's the raw recording. And then at whatever point, day later, whatever the schedule was, he'd send it back. And, uh, this was, you know, the first episode or two and, uh, he'd send it back. He says, check it out, see what you think. And I would listen to it. <laughs> I, I, I probably said almost this exact thing back to him and said, this is not at all what I sent you. This is so much better than anything I ever imagined. So you don't even need to bother sending me anymore. Just go, just run with it. Is this like, how did he do that? Mm-hmm. You know, it just worked his magic on it. So yeah, yeah. Demetrius is great. great well, we guy. should send him this one then. We might have to. Yeah. This is going out. Man. This is going just out. so he can hear this little part too. Yeah. No, this is this will be included. This will be included. And and so for those of you that are are listening in the future on the podcast version, if you want to watch. If you'd rather see this in a video version, this will be over on the Entree Architect YouTube channel as well. So mm. uh, the video from this. And um, so check us out. This is a new version of Context and Clarity podcast. Every week we'll publish the Context and Clarity live with our special guest. And then we'll do this backstage version where Catherine and I will be joined by another special guest this week, Mandy Freeland. And um, we'll just break it down. We'll talk about what we heard, what we learned, what we're going to implement from the Context and Clarity Live conversation. So I hope you'll uh, join us next week for both the live and the uh, the backstage. And uh, we'll uh, we'll keep doing this. We'll keep this ball rolling and uh, try to try to bring even some more application to everything that we're learning with these great guests that we have every week. So, Mandy, again, thanks for joining us, Catherine. Thank you for uh, putting up with this for for two hours uh, on a Thursday. And, three um, hours. Three hours. Clock's ticking. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Um, <laughs> and for all of you out there, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We appreciate all of you. And we'll see you next week. All right. Well, now you know what we thought and what we're going to do with what we learned. But what did you think? What did we miss? I really hope that there was some big takeaway from the Context and Clarity Live conversation or from our breakdown right here that will help you with your business. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter and let me know what your takeaways were. You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast And leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us to get the message out and help us to help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well. There you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine and I will host Context and Clarity live again with a new special guest and a new theme for next week. There's always something new to look forward to. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment. And it's also the home of Context and Clarity. 
With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L Media.com. And finally, if the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics just like this and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.